Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is happening? <laughs> Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the NWA, United Wrestling Network, and some of your favorite independent wrestling promotions like Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, and more. All at the Alliance-Wrestling.com. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. We've got DKMs in the house. Jaden is here. And uh, we're here to talk some NWA with you, that hashtag NWA fam. And I already see some of our good pals are in the house. Luthez is here. Willie Bowen is here. And I'm sure we'll have more join us here momentarily. But gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you today, DKM? Didn't I just do this yesterday? Deja vu like a mofo. Jaden, how are you, my brother? Jaden, you're muted. And now Jaden's gone. And that's... Now he's back. Now he's back. Now he's back for revenge. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I don't sound like a robot. No, you sound clear as a bell. Uh, bells are clear. Okay. Anyway, I'm okay. I guess I'm I'm having technical difficulties, but there's no such thing as five G. It's it's a fallacy, just like birds. Birds are real. Apparently, five G isn't real either. Well, what's next? Who goofed? I've got to know. Um. Man, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I've been up since uh, 3 a.m. this morning, and I'm running on fumes. So uh, welcome to the show. We're you should have stayed, stayed asleep to 3 a.m. in the evening. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, we're going to talk some NWA like we do every Thursday night. We're going to talk about uh, this new up-and-comer for the NWA, Mr. Dax Draper. We're going to talk about the women's... Uh, world championship and how the feud between Taya Valkyrie and Camille seems to be the biggest feud in the NWA currently. And then we're also going to talk about what to do with the television title. Uh, did they let the cat out of the bag? Did tires vacate the TV title? What is going on with the NWA? We'll get to that also. And then we're going to run down everything power. We're going to take a look. We're going to recap review retcon and, and maybe reconsider why we watch this every single Thursday or Tuesday, I should say. And, uh, and Jane will, will jump in and give us some one-liners and DKM will share some uh, thoughts from yesteryear all on this episode. <laughs> Dave Scooby beat me to the punch. Yeah. That's Mr. Quinn, uh, Mr. Quinn McKay. If we're going to talk about uh, Dax Draper, uh, Dax Draper, who we just didn't, uh, he just showed up in the NWA, but has been around for actually quite a while. Started training back in uh, uh, 2012 with the NXT. 
So he was one of these guys that came in uh, from his uh, background in, I believe it was uh, collegiate football. He was released in 2014 with kind of a lackluster uh, tenure in NXT, where he's mostly worked as an enhancement talent for the, uh, you know, the, the growing uh, students there at uh, the Performance Center. In 2015, he started uh, working in Colorado with uh, Lucha Libre and Laughs. Uh, there he had uh, had won some championship gold. Uh, later, he would uh, he'd be a, a LLL tag team champion. Later, he would start working with the National Wrestling League. That was that big league that started in 2017 in the Midwest. They were going to take over the world, if you guys remember, but uh, then kind of fizzled out after a year or two. Uh, in 2019, he started working with Ring of Honor. And, of course, uh, during that time, uh, he would, was competing for the uh, pure wrestling title. Um, he actually had an opportunity to wrestle for the uh, trios uh, tag team title as well. Uh, so Dax Draper didn't just kind of show up. He's been putting in some work for the past eight years, and we've just kind of caught up to it now. You saw him in the uh, tournament matches so far, Cam. What are your thoughts on Dax Draper? Well, I don't really remember him from anywhere else. I vaguely in ROH, but since he has been other places and it was a little bit known, I suppose they're using him correctly in that they're not just bringing him in and beating him. I mean, he's actually advancing. Uh, he seems talented enough in the ring. Can't say, you know, he's my favorite or the best wrestler out there, but he's solid and he's good and a good hand. And, you know, the NWA needs more types of talent like this and probably need to build to more types of talent like this. Jaden, he stands at six foot five, 246 pounds, uh, is 10 years in the, in the business. But again, most of that had been with the, uh, you know, being trained under the NXT WWE development. As someone who works closely with a wrestling promotion yourself, is that somebody that sounds like you could use them? Is that is that sound like a talent that uh, might make sense for a dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators, or is are they too far beyond and, and too stuck in their ways to use a talent like that? Uh, six five and his physique and his look—that's something that's always could be marketable and potential. Um, the fact that he had the NXT training means. Theoretically, he's had some high-level training. Ring of Honor doesn't take you, at least they didn't at that time, they didn't take you if you were nothing special. They were always looking for the next breakout star. So I think the potential is there to be something. Um, I'm surprised, honestly, though, DK gave him such high marks because he's he's, uh, Mr. Quinn McKay there. Uh, (laughs) DK's a little brokenhearted about that one, but otherwise... I think I'm, little, he can be I'm more I'm more mad at her husband than him. Wait, what? I yeah. want less, less. I'm more mad at her husband than than Quinn McKay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I mean, he's had two very good outings. Like uh, again, the match with Jack Stane ended in a disqualification, so we didn't really get to see what he was able to do. We get a very limited look at uh, his match with Jax, but then this week he took on Brian Meyer, who is labeled the most professional wrestler. And I don't know if I agree with that terminology, but he had a great match with uh, with Brian Meyer. We'll get more into it during the uh, 
during the uh, actual breakdown of power, but I, I don't know. I think I see some, a lot of positives with this guy. He's got a great look. Like, uh, like Jaden said, he's six foot five. He kind of fits that mold of what Billy was looking for. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I've heard him cut a promo though. So that's where I'm a little concerned about uh, is he able to handle the mic? Well, I, um, I went to cage match because they actually give you some pretty good uh, observations. And there's a lot of people who write about their reviews review the wrestlers and uh back in 2017 somebody said this about him and i thought it at least carries some weight it said he started his career as a wwe nxt trainee for three years before his eventual release during his time with the company he worked in a few singles and mostly in tag matches oftentimes serving as a jobber wwe soon lost interest in developing him and hence let him go opinion only uh, Draper seems more at home in the small promotions. He appears best suited as a tag team specialist than as a singles competitor. He still has room for improvement if he is if he is still serious about having a long and successful career. He has the size, although tall, he dropped much of his previous NXT weight and does possess athleticism in the ring. However, he's disappointing for his size is the painful fact he does not deliver significant performances expected of bigger wrestlers such as high-impact moves. He takes more poundings than he ought to, and his arsenal equally is limited and unrefined. His rookie-type weakness can be somewhat masked in tag matches with a good partner that can carry him for the match. With time, hopefully, Draper will improve. He has missed in-ring action beginning from 2014, where afterwards he did not wrestle at anything until 2015 and only wrestled twice during 2016. At this point in time, promoters would be wise to safely book Draper in a first card tag matches until he sharpens his performance in singles matches. Now, reading that, and of course, that's from uh, about five years ago. I definitely don't feel like that's where he's at at this point. I feel like he's he's definitely he's improved a lot in the ring based on those notes. I, I don't I wouldn't look at him and, and consider him an enhancement worker. DK, do you have any more thoughts you'd like to add about him? No. Our, our buddy Willie says, Dax fits the mode for an NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Jaden, do you think uh, Dax could be a future World Heavyweight Champion? Dax, maybe. Dax, probably not. But uh, <laughs> honestly, though, no, I don't see him as a World Champion, at least not as of now. But, you know, there was a time where people didn't see Trevor Murdoch as a world champion, and I definitely do now. So, you know That's what? True. Times and experience change and put in the right situation and with a good booker, anybody could be a star. Well, not anybody, but <laughs> more, than, more than half could be a star if booked right. Not, not Dave Dahl. Well, no. Well, he'll, he, he might be a planet. I think he might be Uranus, but... <laughs> Well, the, the thing that we should note, too, is he's 34 years old, so he's not like a young, young guy, um, but he's certainly, you know, he's not he's not old. In terms of wrestling, he's probably right in line with the most uh, average age of the uh, NWA roster. Um, but he is one of the first guys I've seen them bring in without a big-time background and kind of get a, a pretty decent push. I mean, two matches into the NWA, and he's already, uh, you know, in the semifinals for the NWA National Championship. I think that's kind of a big deal. Kind of. 
I just keep doing that. It's something on your end, my pal, my friend, my confidant. Cool. <clears throat> Jaden. Yes. Let's talk about the NWA Women's Champion, Camille. I know that you, uh, early on in her career, we, we all the three of us were watching Power first season one, two, and maybe three. What have you thought about Camille's meteoric rise in the National Wrestling Alliance from, you know, went from the insurance policy, the the valet for Nick Aldis to being one of the most dominant women's wrestlers in pro wrestling today and definitely the most dominant women in the NWA? Uh, Camille is definitely a zirconium on the rough to steal a line from Dr. Lauren Zirconium. She started off as somebody I, I thought was only there for her look. She was all this version of China. Um, and she definitely well progressed past that. A lot of people will look at her aesthetics and underestimate her, but she has proved time and time again, she very much belongs inside that ring. And she very much belongs as NWA champion. I do not believe she will be along for the NWA. I can't imagine somewhere somebody's not looking to pick her up. I don't know how old she is. I assume she's still pretty young. So she might have plenty of years to, to get even better. But I, I think she's right now the, the first and biggest breakout star of this version of the NWA. To answer your question, she's 29. Now I'll uh, throw the same question to you, DK. I mean, we, you've, you and I have been closely watching Camille uh, because we've been following this brand uh, pretty extensively. We've seen her in the ring with, uh, you know, with, with Thunder Rosa. We've seen her in the ring with Serena D. We've seen her in the ring with legit Layla Hirsch. Uh, we've seen her in the ring with uh, veterans like uh, Chelsea Green. Um, we saw her against Taya Valkyrie back at uh, the 74th anniversary show. What are your thoughts on Camille as a world champion? Uh, she's actually done a really good job. She's improved incredibly fast. Now, she's probably hit a plateau in that I don't know that there's a lot more she can do under the current circumstances. If she would get into a place like uh, NXT or something where she could go through training every day, every night, you know, that would probably be a, a positive thing for her. But yeah, she's not really, she, she's not, she's not really like a rookie anymore. She's, she's in there. She's confident. She looks the part. She feels the part. You believe her, you know, you don't question that she's the world champion. You don't ask why, you know, she's had, good matches with top quality women. I mean, come on, you know, Chelsea Green, former Impact champion, uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie, who's, you know, got titles on like four other promotions currently. Uh, even her recent match with, uh, uh, what is her name? Allison K, that's her name. Yeah. You know, even though it was short, it was well, you know, it was a good match between the two of them. That helped both of them look much better than they probably deserved. And so 
I, I think she's a good choice. Now, I do wonder when or if someone's going to try and take her away. It seems like they should. But uh, it's always so hard to tell in wrestling. And we also, you know, she's got to want to go. But there are, you know, she's newly married. At some point here, she might want to start a family. Uh, at 29, she's not... She's not, you know, really old, but, you know, you may want to start a family before you're 40, so. <laughs> and I I don't know. I, I feel like we as fans would be deprived if she wasn't, uh, if she wasn't, uh, excuse me, I think we as fans would be deprived if she wasn't allowed to uh, go on to, oh, my mind has just stopped working. We as fans would be deprived if she was not allowed to go on to bigger and better things, but that may not be necessarily in her real basket. Right. And that, and that does play a role in all of it too. Now we do know that uh, her opponent that is scheduled for uh, November 12th at the uh, Hard Times 3 is one Taya Valkyrie. Now, we've we've sung the praises of Taya Valkyrie uh, a lot on this show. She's, a, she's currently the XPW Women's World Champion. She's the MLW Featherweight Champion. She's the HOW Women's Champion. She is the Reina de Reinas AAA Champion, a four-time AAA Champion. She recently held the Impact Tag Team Titles with Rosemary. Uh, she's a former uh, WSW women's champion in Australia. Clearly, her opponent, Taya Valkyrie, is well-versed in pro wrestling, has many accolades, has been pretty much everywhere, and has continued to be a dominant champion. And thus, even still, you know, some six years into her career, which is not a very long time, uh, you know, because she, well, I mean, I guess she's been wrestling for a lot longer than six years, but, uh let me see. Let me pull up when how long she's been wrestling for. So she started wrestling in 2011. So her 11 year wrestling career, where she's held titles uh, all across the world, has competed for NWA, ECCW back in the day. Um, you know, clearly she's a proven commodity. Is this the time for Ty Valkyrie to be the one to take the belt off of Camille at Hard Times Three? I mean, we saw the match at the 74th anniversary show. It was very impactful, no pun intended. It was hard hitting, and we saw we saw a different version of Camille in this match. Now, obviously, uh, the night afterwards was a much different styles clash. But this match with Ty Valkyrie, she wasn't uh, extremely overpowering in this match, and and she really had her skills tested. DKM, do you think it's time for Taya to become the next women's world champion? That's a tough one. On a personal level, I'd like to see Taya win it because I like her and I kind of like giving the finger to WWE who released her and didn't see anything in her when obviously she's an extremely talented lady. You know, the hard thing is right now they're, you know, hyping Camille as a one-time champion because she's just going to hold it forever. 
but you got to be careful in having long reigning champions that are there that you keep them interesting and not boring. And, uh, or, oh, gee, I'm tired of seeing them. An example for me was uh, the last middleweight champion in MLW, Myron, whoever he was. Myron Reed? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you know, it was kind of a Chase Owens thing where he lost the title twice, but basically came back to win it. And then there's never a real doubt that that was going to happen. And then you're kind of like just going, well, don't you have anybody else worthy of putting the title on? I'm kind of tired of seeing him. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it it's that type of thing. So it, as long as they book Camille right, leave the title on her. But I don't, I wouldn't have an issue if Ty won. I mean, I'd be happy enough for that. But I don't think she needs to win just to keep the division fresh or whatever. Jaden, what do you think about that? I kind of slightly disagree. I think Taya needs to win because they need to keep the division fresh. Who do they have in the in the bullpen to be able to pull out for the next challenger? Unless they're borrowing someone from somewhere else, there's really nobody that's either worth getting a shot or hasn't already been beat by by Camille. So this would freshen it up, and maybe they could share some progression and character and storyline and 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 just everything by having. Camille be the challenger and try to get the championship back. The one-time thing is great, but do you think we would care about Flair as much as if he held the NWA championship for like 19 years instead of being a 16-time champion? We'd probably be incredibly sick of Flair, and I know a lot of us are right now, but I meant even when we all liked him. I was always sick of him. I kept wishing they'd take the title off him and leave it off him. I mean, today, I knowing that he was the draw, that he was the money. I see why they left it on him. But, man, back then I just wanted him to lose the title and keep it off him. Getting getting back to um, both Taya and uh, Camille, now their feud, I, I mean, we kind of saw just glimpses of it in the NWA, but the rivalry between these two athletes actually started back in April of this year and it didn't happen in an NWA ring, but rather happened in XPW in my backyard, Pomona, California, where uh, Camille and Taya Valkyrie wrestled to a no contest. And famously, we talked about it on this show where Camille had Taya in a submission hold ready to tap out. And there was interference that prevented uh, Camille from getting the victory. Now, that match should have been ruled a disqualification, uh, but they, they ruled it a no contest. So. Uh, at that point, neither one of them had the edge. And then during the XPW Women's Title Tournament, where Camille, again, represented the NWA by wearing the Burke to the ring, uh, you know, the only reason why she did not uh, win the title that night is because, uh, you know, Dexter Lemus, who was then a free agent, literally came out from the back and kidnapped Camille and dragged her to the back of the, uh, the arena thus allowing Ty of Valkyrie to win that title. So those seeds had been planted all the way back in April with XPW that these two women were going to feud. And then with the title match at uh, 
in Missouri during night one of the 74th anniversary show, we got to see what they really had on a, on a much brighter level, much bigger level. And those two women gave it their all. They really like just killed it. You know, they, they, they had such a phenomenal match. And unfortunately for triple a, they were expecting to have a match between Taya Valkyrie and Thunder Rosa. <clears throat> Thunder Rosa uh, is on the IL, not able to compete right now. And so the replacement they found for her is Camille. And Dave Scooby points out that at Triple Mania, that match is going to carry the storyline to Mexico. And then it comes back to hard times just a month later. There's a possibility, a very real possibility, that maybe one of those titles could change hands before we get back to hard times. And that maybe Taya Valkyrie uh, somehow wins the NWA Women's World Championship on the road in Mexico. Or maybe, just maybe, Camille wins the title via... uh, uh, Camille wins the title in Mexico, bringing it to the USA. DK, what do you think about the potential of Camille being a two-title uh, champion? Uh, I, mean, I don't have anything against it. I would certainly see some benefit in her uh, holding the title. Uh, I it gets weird. I don't want a situation like we had with AEW and where you know somebody somebody holds the AEW title and the AAA title, so they defend the AAA title and lose that. But then you know when they challenge for the for the other big title, they they win. AEW's actually used that plot line like three times. And I'm not necessarily looking for something like that. But it, if you can tell the story right, I have no problem with them. You know, I would just assume it'd be title versus title in Mexico and then come back up here for a title match, just the NWA title. Uh, at the paper. What do you think? What do you think, Jane? Do you agree with that? I don't care if she wins it. I don't care if she loses it. Well, I care if she loses the NWA World title because that's great. But um, I don't think the NWA should in any way, shape, or form acknowledge the AAA Women's Championship. Here's my thing. At one time, that was something that could have meant something. But right now, the NWA has 200,911 championships, and there's so many championships in the world that don't really mean anything. Can you honestly say right now in your hometown that the AAA Women's Championship means anything to somebody in Bulger, Louisiana? Or anywhere that's like – it might mean something for the – small percentage of the people who only live on the internet and love every single title and championship, but there's so many titles. You were reading over Taya's um, credentials and all the championships she held currently holds. Honestly, it doesn't mean anything. There's no real championships right now that mean much. There's too many of them. There's so many promotions that everybody's in love with because they're internet darlings and there's XYZ different championship and everything like that. Right now, if you're not in some way closely associated with the AAA, if there's not like a 100% 
deal with AAA and NWA where they're sharing each other's talent. And there's each other's everything's great, everything's equal, and they're helping each other. There shouldn't be any other championship on the NWA's television broadcast other than the NWA, and that included the MLW Middleweight Championship. They should concentrate on the championships they have, make them mean something, make them the only important thing. Try to make it to the fans of the NWA seem like that it's the only championships that matter anywhere in the world. Not Impact, not NW, not WWE, not AEW, not Ring of Honor, not MLW. That the only championships in the world that really matter are the NWA World Champions, and they're the real World Champions and everything else. Just by bringing anything else in, it just loots. How many worlds are we currently living on? One, right? Yeah. So there's only one world's champion, no matter what you want to say. If you have more than one world's championship, you have no world's championship. I believe that right now with the 74 title, uh, different titles in in um, the WWE, like the Raw and SmackDown championships, there's only one. If you only have more than one world championship, then you don't, do not have a world championship. Same thing for AEW. Same thing for anywhere else. You should only care about the belts that are your promotion, and they should make your fans believe that they're everything. Real quick, I want to point out that our buddy Lou says she's definitely a one-time champion because once she's gone, she's never coming back. And I think there might be some validity to that. Our uh, our pal James says, yep, true. She was really telling the truth. She's a one-time champion. She isn't much longer for the NWA. So I, I think most of our audience agrees. Like uh, Once she loses, she's probably going to bounce. However, I did want to ask you this, Jaden, and it may, I think maybe you just answered my question for me. So maybe it doesn't help the NWA that uh, Camille would win maybe the Reina de Reina's championship, but does it help Camille to win that title? Anywhere you can be seen with a large audience wrestling against high-quality people helps you. Championships now, there are a dime a dozen. I mean, I guess for the AAA fans, it means something for her. For the small percentage of people that that live on uh, Wikipedia and uh, any of the other websites to talk about championships and stuff like that, that probably means something to them. But into the overall arcing, to the fans around the world, probably not. Well, in- Do you agree with that? You know, it's a trick question. Do AAA fans give a damn about the NWA title? That's do, I mean, do MLW fans give a damn about the NWA titles? Uh, we knew the ROH fans. They were pretty vocal about the fact they didn't give a damn about the NWA titles. They didn't like them. You know what was wild about that? And I just want to interject real quick. Because we saw in previous examples of the NWA world champion being in ring of honor, where the fans celebrated it when Brent Albright beat Adam Pierce for that title in, in a ring of honor ring, they went absolutely ape shit when Jeff, uh, excuse me, when not Jeff, when AJ styles uh, wore that title to a ring of honor, I don't think that it brought the house down or anything, but he certainly was uh, still celebrated as a, a premium talent. I don't know if maybe Ring of Honor fans were shitting on the NWA or if they were shitting on Nick Aldis. No, I'm going to say the NWA, and let me tell you why. Okay. Albright and Pierce were ROH wrestlers. They knew them. They knew who they were. They already cheered and booed them. Okay. So 
you know, it, again, let's remember the NWA title wasn't given for mere status in ROH. Uh, Pierce had been working as a gatekeeper there toward, you know, just before he won the title. And even a little bit after he won the title in ROH. So, and he was champion before a while before they even recognized it. And they just basically did a storyline where, okay, Brett Albright wins it. Brett Albright loses it over, what was it, 40 days, 50 days? I mean, it was a short reign. Yeah, it wasn't a very long reign. And that was the end of it. Bears went to Mexico shortly after and lost the title. And so that was the end of any involvement of the NWROH. It was short. It was their people. And they were able to get into that fact. And it was one title. They weren't bringing in tag team, national, and all that. Uh, AJ Styles, by the time he went into ROH as NWA champion, he had, of course, wrestled for ROH early in the organization. Yeah. And he was already pretty established because, you know, that was back at a time when Impact was drawing, you know, a million people or so. So he was a bigger deal. Uh, you know, when all this goes in, there's, he's not ROH. He's never been an ROH. He's one of several NWA champions that are showing up. And it's primarily ROH wrestlers aren't, uh, they're not being presented as sort of worthy for the ROH titles. Remember, the Villain Enterprises had held the ROH tag team title before they won the NWA tag team which I think they defended one before, you know, if at all, before losing them. And so it, it's, it's, those were different situations at different times in the wrestling world. And right now, Nobody cares about the other. That's, that's why if you're going to do something with them, make it title versus title in A in Triple A, or the Triple A champion wins. Jay, you may want to mute your mic before you fix it. Yeah. So it's a, uh, you know, the Triple A champion wins and so they're double champion and then you go back to an NWA show lose the NWA title nobody cares in AAA about that and she goes back to AAA as the AAA champion of course not that the AAA title is regularly defended in AAA shows so well getting back getting back to the crux of it there's been 31 uh, different champions Many of them, uh, many of them were Taya Valkyrie uh, or Lady Apache or, or Hikaru Hamada who have held that title. So it doesn't surprise me that perhaps maybe um, the title doesn't get a whole lot of title defenses in Mexico. It seems like uh, titles in Mexico don't 
uh, aren't as defended as frequently as they are in the United States or more like or Japan. And I do understand where where Jaden's coming from, where that title probably doesn't mean a whole lot to the viewing audience for the NWA. I will point out one thing, though, that the Reynas de Reina champion, when Deanna Perrazzo won the title, was kind of vaulted and celebrated in, inside of an impact ring. But also impact has kind of been one of those promotions where uh, they've had a many inter many interpromotional matches and many championships being defended from outside the company. So I guess maybe it's not that special of an event as it would be elsewhere. But uh, again, I, I guess like I, I do kind of agree with you, Jane, that you know NWA fans are not necessarily AAA fans, and even if even if there are fans that have that crossover who do watch both promotions or follow AAA via the internet, uh, it, it still doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to care one way or the other about uh, who the reign of the reigns champion is. But I just feel like the storyline of uh, Camille and Taya has definitely been meaningful and it, you know, it's, it's, it's exploded outside of just one promotion. Now, now it's been represented in three different uh, wrestling promotions. I, I do have one question. I know there were others in the chat room and everything. And we're talking about the, uh, Oh, you know, Camille's just going to be a one-time champion because when she loses, she's gone. I mean, is anybody seriously hearing anything about interest in her? I mean, you know, before Thunder Rosa left, everybody knew that WWE was interested in her. Everybody knew that AEW was interested in her. Uh, even Impact was interested in her. Just nobody cared about Impact. And, you know, I don't have a vast network of, of uh, insiders and stuff like that. But I can't say I ever hear any of the big podcasts or anything going, oh, you know, NXT has a big interest in wanting to bring in Camille. I hear them having a big interest in wanting to bring in, you know, some indie I've never heard of, or at least I used to, may happen again once with Trips in charge. But, I mean, I don't really hear any talk. I mean, Camille's made some appearances in in AEW when she was hyping the match for uh, legit Layla Hirsch. But, uh, you know, no one said, oh, they can't wait to sign her. That's, that's another good point. I mean, I, let's not get carried away in that our niche fan things love her, that everybody out there is looking to use her. I mean, and, you know, be honest, she goes to AAA, she's lost in a promotion that doesn't use women very well. Everybody was couldn't wait for Ruby Soho to get there. You meant AEW. You said AAA. AEW, yeah, AEW. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you look at that AEW roster, and I mean, they just added Sahara. Is that what I'm saying? Saraya. 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 <laughs> I'm trying. They should have put an N in there. I did not. I left the N out. He thought about it. I only use the N for you now, Jaden. Um, Soraya, who you know was this huge star in the WWE, who's been on the IL for a couple of years now. Um, you know, she was often credited as one of the women that revolutionized uh, the women's wrestling in the WWE. And it, you know, so that she signed down with AEW, 
And I just keep looking at that list of women's wrestlers, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter, uh, you know, uh, Nyla Rose, uh, you know, that, that list keeps growing longer and longer. And I keep wondering, how are they going to fit all these women into this roster? And, and when Thunder Rosa comes back, does she even still, is she even still in the top 10 of the women wrestlers as that roster continues to grow and grow and grow? Uh, it, it's very, a weird dynamic in the AEW, that's for sure. To answer your question, they have lots of five-on-five women matches on AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation. That's how they fit so many women wrestlers. They really do have the best women's wrestling division right now in wrestling. I mean, Tony Storm, uh, just everybody on the whole roster is very, very good. Well, not everybody. There's some women wrestlers who definitely don't belong there. But that with those top women wrestlers that actually are women wrestlers... <laughs> They have a great division, but they only put one women's match on because they're considered um, not ratings draws. And to me, that's not a failure in the women wrestling or in women's wrestling in general. To me, that's a failure in um, in booking. I would certainly agree. I'm shaking my head because of Media M5 statement. Yep. And Sahara's lips got even damn bigger. Wonder who she's going to be in movies with holding the title belt. Aww. Now that's not very nice, no matter how much we all snicker at it. <laughs> yeah, and look, there's, look, uh, and that's the thing. Uh, I think one of the best things about AEW right now is it doesn't have the same schedule that a WWE has. So perhaps this kind of a schedule will make sense for her going forward. But uh, yeah, I, I just. You know, I keep saying, man, that guy, Tony Khan, he can't sign everybody, and he, he finds a way to do it each and every uh, time. So, um, Yeah, but it's kind of to his own detriment, not benefit. Oh, I know. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, when, when you've got a guy like Samoa Joe on the roster and you use him maybe about once a month, I think they're not doing something right, at least in my opinion. But uh, let's let's talk about that television title, right? Should we? Um, I think we should. Uh, Dave Scooby points out that AEW is keeping lots of wrestlers for when Ring of Honor is available to have TV. And and I, I get that too, but right now on on cable, AEW is producing three hours of television every week and an additional two more hours on YouTube, and they still haven't been able to find enough time to showcase everybody. And I don't think that even if you add an additional two-hour program on a different network through Ring of Honor – that you're still going to be able to showcase everybody. And and it just seems like, uh, again, I, I'm sure Tony has something in mind, but I, I just feel like, you know, hoarding all that talent, paying all those people, it's not going to grow your brand. If anything, it's going to hamstring it down the road. And I don't, I don't know that our, uh, ROH can even get two hours. Yeah. And so you're very like, and let's be honest, it won't be very long till ROH is just, AEW light. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be able to keep the fans that uh, keep the ROH fans because I don't think it's going to be ROH wrestling when it puts up Jericho's champion. And I'm sorry, Jericho's not that good anymore. No, and, and I think that was a move done for, for TV. I think that was done because if they're shopping that program, um, if it's not a guaranteed slam dunk that it'll be on a Turner-owned channel, 
then then that means that they're going to have to find a market that's currently not serving wrestling. And, you know, and Jericho is quite possibly the biggest name on the roster from what he's done, all of his accomplishments and his reputation. And, and he's a star beyond wrestling. I mean, he's done television, he's done movies. He's done, obviously he's done great with music. Um, he has a, yeah. Hey, he sold, uh, he had a gold record. So I, I mean, look, I don't So did tiny record. Tim. Sure. And I would call that a star. Vicky Lawrence. Who? Vicky Lawrence. Yeah, Mama's family. Let's go. She can at least sing. The night the lights went out in Georgia. Yeah, she can at least sing. My point still is that he is an accredited star outside of the world of professional wrestling. And if you're trying to land a TV show, uh, you might want to use a name that has some recognition outside of just pro wrestling. I'm not saying that that's what they're doing. I'm not even saying that's the right decision. I'm just saying that's my hunch when it comes to what they're doing. I don't remember the sport. It was either, I think it was basketball. But did you hear the story about when Chris Jericho was the first match on AEW, like after a major basketball game, maybe it was in the NBA championship series or whatever? He trended on Twitter. And the reason he uh, trended on Twitter is because all the basketball fans are going, what's that old old fat dude still doing in the ring? (laughs) Wrestling. That's messed up. And I, I will, I will give him credit in that he has slimmed down and firmed up quite a bit. But he's fifty-one. He's annoying as hell. He's got turned the channel heat, and you know he thinks he's God's gift to wrestling. Honestly, I mean, it, his ego is bigger than Jim Cornette's, and I didn't think that was possible. And you know, I. Don't know that he really helps sell the show anymore at this point. Okay. I mean, look, that's fair. Look, it, to me, if I was going to be, if I was Tony and I was going to do Ring of Honor, what I would, well, first of all, let me get to this comment. Medium 5 says Vicky was hot as mama. Attaboy. The original I MILF, right, Media? I, I don't um, know how to handle that. Uh, they going if I'm gonna do Ring of Honor, and they had all the pieces there. It's like they should have just pulled the trigger. You got Samoa Joe, you got Brian Downson, hell, you got CM Punk. You know, to hell with the whole AEW thing. Deposit all those assets into Ring of Honor. You've got Claudio Castagnoli. You you have the Briscoes. You have FTR. I mean, that you've got enough to go and just okay. This is what Ring of Honor was. This was the foundation that we built it on. This is what we're gonna do. And and you had access to guys like. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, you have Jay Lethal, uh, you have Sunjay Dett. I mean, just build up the whole show based on the talents that were in Ring of Honor like, you know, 10 years ago. I think it would have really kind of uh, got some, at least at the very least, some attention. People would have been paying attention to that. They also have Tony Khan as a booker. So that right there, all those positives you say, it's just completely counteracted by that one negative. Again, that's a fair point, too, and I can't argue that, Jaden. I can't. I don't see how you could. <laughs> and, and this wasn't originally a topic that I was going to bring on the show, but since Dave Scooby brought it up, he said, put Punk on Ring of Honor if he comes back, jog him, job him out until he quits. It, it sounds like that whole cluster F with AEW, it sounds like CM Punk is out. It seems like they're going to buy out his contract 
which doesn't surprise really. It doesn't surprise me. They have the money to do it. Um, it doesn't seem like it'd be a good fit for him to come back. But let's not sleep on the fact that CM Punk still has name recognition, still has name value. Is now he can say that he's a former WWE World Champion and a former uh, AEW World two-time AEW World Champion. Jaden, and I know this pains you to say this, but if you were the NWA, would you at least see what one Chicago native to another Chicago native get a deal done to bring CM Punk to the NWA? The schedule would be so easy for him, right? He'd only have to work four days a month, uh, four days a quarter, really, and uh, would be, be able to do any other thing he would want in that time. And he would have such name recognition to the NWA. Is it something you think would make sense? Uh, do you, something you think could happen? I think Billy Corgan should get down on his knees or on all fours if he needs to to get <laughs> CM Punk into the NWA. Do I think it will happen? No. Uh, heck no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't. What you say the F word? You don't have to say the H word. It's, you're good. Yeah, I didn't quite get that one out. I kind of caught myself there, but um, no, I think would it be great for the NWA? It'd be the biggest thing NWA ever did, including all out or all in or all under. I don't even know. Uh, but <laughs> to the fact that it will happen, I don't think so. Would you honestly, as as Punk versus all this and Punk versus? Murdoch and Punk versus Pope, they might be good matches. Are they going to draw to the uh, to the casual fan? To the, I mean, you might get the, some people looking because of Punk, but I don't know based on Billy Corgan's... I mean, one of the problems Punk right is now is the morons in charge of AEW. Well, is there that much better cohesiveness going on in the NWA right now? Well, I think... I think the one advantage you would have in the NWA versus AEW was that I think Billy is pretty much it. And so I don't think you would have to deal with, uh, I don't think there's a contingent like the Bucks and Omega in the NWA. Put an SH in front of that I team there. He's not just it. Well, yes, but. Well, I'm, trying, I, I'm trying to keep it clean so that Jay doesn't get demonetized. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think when you look at the big picture here, right, and somebody in the chat, I think it might have been Media M5, said, oh, yeah, CM Punk costs uh, AEW $8 million. All right, now, $8 million is a hard sell for, you know, working limited dates for the NWA because, again, you're only working about four days every quarter. But – if you could come to some sort of financial agreement, let's say it is $8 million. Of course, CM Punk isn't going to bring $8 million worth of revenue or $8 million worth of ticket sales or $8 million worth of pay-per-view buys. But CM Punk certainly brings a lot of eyeballs to the product. And that could, you know, permeate into the NWA. And when you, when you, the NWA is very lucky to have Nick Aldis. When Nick Aldis came on board, they were very lucky <coughs> to have him. <coughs> Excuse me. Even though it's killing me to say nice things about Nick Aldis, even though he's held titles and impact, he's still relatively an unknown when it comes to the greater scheme of professional wrestling. He never had a WWE moment. 
He never had a WCW moment. He never showed up in AEW except for All In. And and he really hasn't had that spotlight. Now, Trevor Murdoch was in the WWE. He's, he's, for all intents and purposes, a great guy. But he's not a, a superstar the way that CM Punk is. If CM Punk were to go to the NWA, and again, this is probably not going to happen. In fact, I'll say it's not going to happen. But if it did, I just imagine so many people would be tuning into to YouTube to be checking out the fight uh, because he does have a ton of fans, regardless of the situation that happened in AEW. DK, what, what do you think about that? Years ago when Mark Cuban first bought the Mavericks. He brought in Dennis Rodman. Oh, shit. And he brought in Dennis Rodman with the idea of if he can, you know, help him at least go to a winning record or, you know, hit a playoff or something like that. Uh, it would be beneficial. Once it was obvious that whatever his goal was wasn't going to happen, they released Dennis Rodman. A lot of people don't realize that was actually the start of the Mavericks being seen again on TV because, you know, they were a team that lost, you know, had losing records most seasons. Uh, they weren't shown on national TV that much. But when Dennis Rodman was there, all of a sudden, you know, NBC made way, made a room for him for a match. The uh, ESPN made room for him for, for a game. And so they were actually seen more during that time with Dennis Rodman. They were talked about more during that time with Dennis Rodman. And interest came up in them as a team when Dennis Rodman was there that continued to build, you know, over the next few years as they improved and eventually made it to the finals, even though they lost the finals and everything. But that was the start. Uh, I wouldn't bring CM Punk in on a contract to do a lot. I would probably be willing to pay him a per appearance fee provided, you know, knowing that I will never make the money back today that I would, uh, that he's going to cost me, but maybe in the long run, it'll do me an advantage. Now, the only bad thing with this idea is what Jaden already pointed out, which the booking sucks, and I don't know if you keep <laughs> I don't know if you keep the fans or not. So if you had good booking, they got good talent. I say this every time, they got some good talent. They can put on good wrestling matches if you throw away all the outside stuff and just watch the match. But their booking is absolutely horrible. What DK is talking about is called a a short-term loss for a long-term gain. I'll use a more regionalized example. 
when Dangerous and Drell and Wrestling Gladiators would get into a new building, Dr. Zirconi would often bring in a wrestler who cost a little bit more with some more name value, sometimes more than one of them. And he would do it for the first couple events because he's trying to draw interest to people coming and getting used to coming to a building. And then once you're <coughs> used to coming on the building, he's hopefully is that his plan is to have so much more going on on a dog event that they don't just come for the names. They stay for the, the wrestling and the, and what's going on on there. And or they stay to see Daredevil Dave Dog get his butt kicked, which is a very big draw. So the idea is they're trying to get the guys there for these new buildings to make it so now it becomes a destination place. So, yes, CM Punk could make the NWA a destination place, assuming they had enough going on to keep the people that are coming. So let's go on to the TV title. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So let's talk about that television title, the TV title. Real quick, title, I got. Which... Gad, I'm sorry. I had some. I have some breaking news, but you tell me that first. What you're saying? So the television title, apparently, according to to May Valentine, Agent May on champ, uh, almost a championship wrestling Mollard on NWA Power, broke the news with uh, Church's money while interviewing Black G's along with Jordan Clearwater and, and uh, Marche Rocket that Tyrus has decided to vacate the title in order to uh, in, in order to pursue the 10 pounds of gold, again, following through with the Lucky 7 series. He had seven successful title defenses, thus give, earning him another title shot at the 10 pounds of gold by surrendering the television title. Um, now, I got some breaking news on that one. Let's hear the breaking news. The real reason that Tyrus is going to relinquish the television title is because he found out it doesn't give him a lifetime supply of TV dinners. <laughs> I hope Willie was listening. Yes, Willie, that was 100% for you. The audience of one, and it's Willie. Um, DK, do you have any uh, Tyrus jokes you want to throw out there real quick? Other than his wrestling? I don't think you can throw anything that's related to Tyrus. <laughs> I don't know. Monkeys throw poo all the time. One time I said to Tyrus, hey, Tyrus, it's a little bit chilly outside. So he grabbed a bowl and ran outside. All right. So uh, the television title, if it has been surrendered, if the plan is going forward, that Tyrus will challenge for the 10 pounds of gold. Now, they've already made the announcement that it's going to be uh, Matt Cardona and uh, Trevor Murdoch for the 10 pounds of gold on November 12th at Hard Times 3. When will... Tyrus challenged for the 10 pounds of gold and what what happens of the TV title? Oh wait, this is a good one too real quick. Dave Scooby says, NWA TV titled sponsored by Banquet TV Dinners. <laughs> it would actually make sense. I think they should do it. They should certainly reach out for it, especially if Tyrus is still champion. Could you just imagine him eating the food and doing a commercial form with the TV title? I think it'd be great. Who, who makes Hungry Man? They're actually pretty good. You know what? They are pretty good. I don't know. Swanson, maybe? Uh, Media M5 says, oh no, Hope Billy does a title tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something refreshing and brand new from the NWA. Um, you know, well, but what weird spin would he put on this one? It I would mean, be like a triple threat match to qualify, and then a battle royal to advance, and then a tag team match to win the title. 
All the while, uh, one of the semifinalists is a guy that flipped a coin and, you know, calls it correctly seven times. Yeah. And one of them had to body slam Mims. What does I Tyrese... like the, since it's going to be a TV title, maybe it's whoever wins eats the most TV dinners gets it, so Tyrus can win it back. That's it. It should be a. They should have a eating contest, and you know, get sponsored by one of those TV dinner things, and whoever eats the most in an hour is the winner. What Actually, does Tyrus might be the. Okay, I'm sorry. What does Tyrus and Jabba the Hutt have in common? <laughs> Both are fat, horrible beats. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I can see we love Tyrus today. <laughs> I was going to say Tyrus might be the favorite, but I bet you Gags the Gimp is used to putting most in his, more stuff in his mouth. Oh, God. Well, okay, I'm done today, folks. Uh, it's been a pleasure being a part of this. And if anybody. He's wants- been swallowing meat for a long time. <laughs> If anybody wants this, I'm going to go take my medication so that I know that this is real and not <laughs> not, not part of some evil conspiracy or drug-induced coma or something. I don't know. I it's shall a little, return. A little bit of both. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, cheese. Man. Lots of cheese. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this question to the folks in the live chat. Uh do you want a TV title tournament? Do you want a battle royal? How do you want them to crown the next TV champion? And where do you think it's going to happen? It's going to be hard times, or will it be the night after at the uh, the premiere live event that's going to be taking place afterwards? <laughs> James, <laughs> we are demonetized in three, three, two, one. The lights go off. Then the lights come back on, and Sabu standing behind me. You're no longer monetized, pal. Sabu doesn't speak. That's true. Oh, he was no. just putting you through a demonetized table. <laughs> That's what it is. Did you did you read the comment there? Uh, yes. Yes. You read it. Go ahead. Gags has seen more meat than Oscar Mayer. <laughs> Jesus. Off the rails. We are off off the rails. We're, we're, we eat a lot, we, we, we enjoy our, our, um, dead animal flesh here on alliance-wrestling.com's Alliance Guys podcast. I don't think any of us are vegan. No, as close as I'll ever be to vegan is that I was hungry enough, I'll actually eat a vegan. <laughs> if you eat a vegan, does that make you a vegan? Yeah, vegans once removed. That's why I eat lots of cows. You are what you eat, right? So if you eat a vegan, you're a vegan. Yes. By that logic, I'm I'm glad DK left. I I would be ashamed for him to hear any of this. Uh, yeah, wrestling, wrestling with MMA says I eat vegan animals. Yeah, I do too. Cows, <laughs> chickens, and pigs aren't vegan, unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't even know how that works out. Either way, I love bacon. I love Kevin Bacon. Yes, and let's go to seven steps way to try to find now the way to get on to this next part of the podcast. Or not. I don't care. Your choice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a, a work call come in. It's it's only six o'clock here, so I still get a little bit of work calls uh, even while I'm doing the podcast. So <clears throat> that's fun. But uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, getting back to the TV title tournament and so far, no one's jumped in. They're just enjoying us uh, 
unraveling into uh, uh, moral ambiguity and, and talk of animal eating. So uh, I'll just kind of go with my prediction that I do believe that uh, in my humble prediction, this is no fact-based, I have no inside sources with the National Wrestling Alliance, that I do believe that this title match will happen sooner than uh, than the pay-per-view. I actually think it's going to happen on an episode of Power leading up to the pay-per-view. Um, I don't have this confirmed by any source. I'm just guessing. Um, but I think it would make sense that if he loses the title again, setting up uh, Murdoch for uh, a complete one-on-one match with Matt Cardona, it allows for some, uh, you know, some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some shenanigans down the road. What, what do you think, Jaden? Do you think that there's any chance that this title match happens before the pay-per-view? Do they have tapings before the pay-per-view? Because I don't know if the NWA really thinks this much forward. No, they're they don't still, plan ahead. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 done taping before the pay-per-view. There won't be another set of tapings before uh, November. November? We we got like five six weeks still to go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You got the entire month of no. Uh, you got the entire month of October, which is just next week, and then you've got. Uh, a full uh, two weeks of November before the uh, the pay per view, and then in fact they're not even taping uh, TV at the event. They're taping the um, a premiere, the power trip. They're doing a power trip taping afterwards. So you'll have another four weeks of television leading up to the end of the year, and then I don't know what they're going to do before that. So no, then I think they'll just probably again. I. I don't know this i didn't read any results but i think they would probably just have a battle royal ladder match on a scaffold at the pay-per-view <laughs> uh james h jackson says i'd like to see a battle royal cage match and uh dave scooby being the ever uh, ever creative dave scooby says how about a rat in the cage match for the tv title uh yeah despite all my rage i wouldn't mind seeing that you know I think if that was the case, that day would be the greatest day that I've ever known. I guess that's all the uh, Smashing Pumpkin songs we know. Siamese Dream. Um, um, uh, yeah, that's about it. I know there's more. I think there's one like called Mayonnaise or something. It's pretty good. Which is funny because I hate mayonnaise. So uh, We're just waiting for DKM to come back, but he might have dropped dead from the embarrassment of how bad this show just got. So... Uh, if you're still out there, DK, we love you. <clears throat> so, uh, so what's next in the NWA? Um, we'll get to that. Uh, James said, just hand the title to Cardona. It's part of what Billy promised him when he relinquished the 10 pounds of gold. That's interesting. What if they took it a different route? And what if he became TV champion? Would you... Would that be a suitable spot for Matt Cardona on the show is to make him TV champion? Jaden, do you think that would work for the NWA? Um, I think that they – I don't know how long Cardona is going to be part of the NWA, and so they probably, if they're going to try to get anything out of it, they should try to milk that cow for as much as possible. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's a step down for him. I mean, it would help the NWA television title mean more. It hasn't meant anything in over a year now. Honestly, I don't think it's meant anything since the Pope lost it. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. What is there anyone on the roster uh, who you think outside of the Pope 
who could instantly, by being champion, elevate the title. Like the, my first thought is somebody like EC3. That'd uh, be nice. I mean, AT. it, it fast tracks him to the ten pounds of gold. It, it's adding another super credible name to your roster. I mean, he's already there, but it adds a super credible name and puts a strap on him, puts a belt on him. Um, and then you could actually have a pretty decent feud between him and Tom Latimer over the TV title. Uh, you know, that's just my idea. DK, you know, I'm going to ask you real quick because you just jumped on. If if they put the television championship on somebody like EC3, would that be interesting to you? Yes. The problem is they have so many people that probably need that title more than EC3 does. It's a low-level title. It should be on some of the up-and-comers. This is where you get your uh, Drapers and your Thrillbillies and your Clearwaters and uh, that Elk. It should really be on somebody like them. But it should it should only be on EC three if it's part of his storyline with like Latimer or somebody else who happens to hold the title. I say they should be on somebody with some kind of recognition because they need to reestablish the TV title, meaning something. So that way, when somebody like a Clearwater wins a title from somebody like that, it means something. The one thing NWA did really, really, really well when they took over from the uh, from the um, Cocaine Cowboy or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> White Lavender Jones! Yeah, that's it. Um, when they took Never over from that era is when they kept... Uh, Storm the champion and made Storm important. So that way when Aldis won it, it actually meant something. Immediately, everybody and their mother were saying, oh, they need to take the title off of Storm right away. They need to take the title off of Tim Storm right away. Who's Tim Storm? Nobody will care about Tim Storm. They need to take it off right away. And that meant that Aldis would have beat nobody. He just would have been the champion beating a nobody. Now, after they did what they did, they built up Storm so well that when he when Aldis won it, it meant something. And that can be done with the TV title. If Cardona or Latimer, or EC3, or somebody who is no longer working for a big pro- one of the other promotions gets signed, and they win the TV title, it should be to elevate the title, and then elevate whoever wins it from him. See, the problem is, I think that's what they thought they were doing with Tyrus. No, I think they were well, thinking they were they'd get on Fox News and put on Billy's Boy. I think that's what they were thinking well, with Tyrus. Well, I mean... On Billy's boy is the reality, but I think they thought, oh, you know, Tyrus is a name. People know who Tyrus is. Tyrus brings the title out on Fox News. And so I think, I think in their mind, they thought they were elevating a look. You know, it's not a complicated title, especially with the way they have it set up. You, you put it on somebody. If Clearwater wasn't the, a United wrestling champion, then you would put on somebody like him. He defends it every two to three weeks against, you know, mid card to up upper mid card people. And then th- that's how you do it. 
that's how you reestablish that title. You do what they did when Pope had it. You make it seem important. You make it seem like people want to win it. And you defend it more than once every other month. You know, Tyra said he had 10 title defenses. Wrong. He had seven. For 14 months of holding it. So. James H. Jackson agrees with you. DKM is right. The title has a built-in storyline. And you just follow the script. It's simple, and and it, it really is plug and play. I think I agree with what Jaden said though earlier too. Like at this point, um, even if that was the plan with with Tyrus, that certainly hasn't manifested in a way that would be appropriate because it seems like Tyrus just dominated the title and 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 the value dropped in it instead of increased. At least in terms of my perception. Now maybe Billy's very thrilled with having Tyrus take that title on Fox News, but. Uh, my perception is it went from the work rate title to the work list title. And, and the, I think the problem is, is if you need to get, <clears throat> you need to get people excited about the title, it, you know, right now, and this is a, a shot at Jordan Clearwater, but he's not the guy that's going to get me excited about the title. Not the way that he's been used in the NWA. You know, you can't put that belt on Jay Bradley and all of a sudden we're all going to be excited about it. And that's not a shot at Jay Bradley either. It's just, it's, it's kind of ran its course if they killed the title off at this point, would any of us be upset or miss it? Probably not. No, well, no. You know, I wanted them to call off the national title when Adonis dropped it. Yeah. And here's one for you. Are they still bringing in a women's TV title? Or are they going to try to fill both of them at the same time? I mean, yeah, by the moment, well, I'm hoping to God that he forgets about the women's TV title. I, I think he already to- has. Well, I hope, but I don't have a lot of faith in him. As Damn it, DK, you just reminded him. Uh, I wish that I could take the blame, but... Uh, you know, look... I, and I understand what... I understand what uh, Jaden's saying. You put it on somebody who has the name recognition to do. Well, sure, if he goes out there, defends the title two or three times and drops it, but I don't know that a, he's interested in it, and I don't know that that's the way Bucky, uh, Billy would book it. I think Billy would just, you know, either – I think he would tire it again. I think, I think would, Dave Scooby just came up with the answer right here, and then there's another good secondary answer, but Scooby says just have Aldis go for the TV title. Seven wins, boom, he can go right after the 10 pounds of gold. That would be – see, that's what they should have done back at, after he lost the belt to Trevor in the first place. And uh, once he lost, once he lost the Cardona at Crockett cup, that should have been the storyline. That's what they should have done. They should have had all this focus, his energy on Tyrus and force Billy's hand, you know, play politics the right way and force Billy's hand into that title. And I think we all would have gotten behind that because then you would have made, you'd have done two things. You'd have killed two birds with one stone. You got the belt on someone who's going to defend it. You know, if you have Nick Aldis in a match, and again, Jeremy agrees with me. It's hard for me to say these nice things about Nick Aldis, but you're going to get a goddamn good match. And Aldis against Mims is going to be good. Aldis versus Clearwater is going to be good. And Aldis versus Mayweather is going to be a good match. He could have had so many good matches leading up to winning seven matches that by hard times, he could have been the one challenging Trevor Murdoch, or he could have been challenging Matt Cardona. Or he at least would be close 
and that best of seven and say, hey, look, boys, when I have my seven, I'm coming after whoever's got the 10 pounds of gold. And it would have been so easy to do that. And we all would have bought into it. At least I think so. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That's not bad. Honestly, that's not a bad idea. It's What's the good, other suggestion? Story. Wait, what'd you say, DK? It's a good and simple story. Yeah. Now, now I also don't mind what Luthez just said, and I smell a Thrillbilly TV title run. Now, he's not my first choice, right? But he's he's new enough, he's fresh enough that it could be interesting. He's a big guy. Don't like his size wise. He's a big dude, and you put him in the ring with some of these other guys on the roster. He's going to dwarf them. Now, sure, having that run, having him go six runs, having him go five runs, I don't want him to get to the title match, the world title match. Not now, not not this early. The only guys that I think would be good at that opportunity would be somebody like Nick Aldis or somebody like a Tom Latimer who would kind of be like a Rocky story for Tom Latimer, finally gets that chance because he had to you know, basically kill himself to get there. Um, the other somebody I put the title on. That's somebody you would put the title on. Right. That's why I said if I go, I'll put it on EC3 if it was part of a Latimer storyline. See, that's that's kind of where my brain was going when, when Jaden and I were talking about it is, but, you know, EC3 wins the title and then goes back and forth with Tom Latimer. Tom Latimer exercises those demons, finally becomes champion, and, and essentially exercises EC3 out of the picture because we know he's not a long-term NWA talent. He's only here for a short time, I I imagine. And then and then he goes th- goes on and wins uh, seven matches, gets an opportunity to challenge for the 10 pounds of gold. And that's the guy who's been here since day one, who has never really looked at it as a world champion caliber wrestler, but always had those aspirations. And he finally earned his shot. He earned it. And it would be, I think the fans would get behind that. It, the, the thing is, if when, when, when a talent will earn that title shot by that lucky seven, like that's the thing. Tyrus, it took him two years to get seven victories. It's nobody gives a shit. But if you have somebody like Latimer or Aldis, you know, people who've even been to the top before, hell, Jack Dane go in and, and win seven matches, you know, in a reasonable amount of time instead of two years, maybe, maybe three or four months, and get that opportunity to wrestle for the 10 pounds of gold. I think that I think the crowd would get behind that. I hope, though, honestly, if they're going to, since the title is relinquished, they reset the, everything and get rid of the stupid six-minute and five-second time limit and the seven matches get the championship. Uh, that I'm less upset about, but maybe they should just have a TV title and have it defended as a television championship and just have it defended on television. And if they're going to do the women's TV title, maybe alternate. One power has got the... TV title men's and one power's got the TV title women's and just keep alternating back and forth. That way you have built up challengers for Camille and you have built up challengers. If you're going to do the seven series, at least do something like that. I love that that. way that you're having a TV title on TV all the damn time. Well, you know, I think a long time ago, and I've shared this before and I've certainly shared it with these gentlemen and other conversations. My view of a TV title, what you do is you all, is it's defended every other week. And week one is two guys wrestle each other. Not a three-way, not a four-way. Two guys. You use the old world-class and other places, you know, draw two names out of a hat. 
and two guys wrestle each other, and then the winner faces the TV champion the next week. And going with Jaden's idea, you could have two men wrestle to challenge next week the TV champion, and the women def- women's champion defends hers. I would, I would have upped the title defenses to ten. I like ten better than I like seven. I understand the lucky seven, but. I think if you're going every other week, 10, that gives you basically four and a half to five months to, you know, to play it out with the title. That's pretty much the length of their television recording, isn't it? You got it. <laughs> I, You know, I'm not against that at all. I'm not against that at all. Um, Maybe they should just hire me to control the NWA. I like that narrative. I need to control that narrative. Look, you know what? I, I, I'm familiar with some of your work uh, that you've done in Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, and I'm not saying that you are perfect, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing what you could do with the NWA, that's for sure. I'm not Dr. Zaccone. My guarantee, Daredevil Dave Dahl won't be on the NWA. Well, at least that's one good thing going for it. All right, so let's uh, let's move forward. Um Wow, I, I like doing this guy. I hope maybe we can continue to do more um, more discussion like this instead of just reviewing the show. Maybe we'll spend more time having some free-form discussion. And and you guys can always submit topics that you think we should talk about. Uh, you know, you can send them to me. I'm on all social medias at the Alliance blog. Hit up the DMs and just say, hey, you guys should talk about this and, and you know, Help us program the show. I, I really enjoy the freeform content. Like I said, uh, Jaden is a wealth of knowledge. DKM is a, a literal NWA historian. And you guys jumping on and adding your two cents is always a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys have fun doing that too. But um, let's jump on to uh, power. Um, I'm going to kind of keep it a little bit shorter this time around because, you know, I, <clears throat> I felt like this was a good show. I feel like the show hasn't been improving. There's a lot less for me to nitpick. I mean, I it's been weeks since I've seen gags on power, um, and that's always a good thing. I haven't seen anything that's really made me just say, oh, this is stupid. Um, this week was free of the question Mac, the question mock, and, uh, and, and Tyrus. And so let's talk about this show, if, if that's okay with you gentlemen. And uh, we'll start off with the aforementioned Dax Draper making his power debut in the ring with Brian Myers. Now, I'll be honest, I thought this match was setting up Brian Myers to advance in the tournament. I just thought that this was going to be, you know, uh, Dax Draper was just going to do the job for Brian Myers. That wasn't the case. A lot of offense, and I really felt Brian Myers looked really good. Excuse me. I really felt Dax Draper looked really good in this match and kind of had Brian Myers just guessing throughout the entire match, and it was kind of fun to watch. DK, I know you guys talked about it yesterday, but what were your thoughts on this one? It was a good match. Certainly, I think we saw the, you know, some good in-ring action. And uh, it was a bit of a surprise with Draper winning. I wasn't expecting him to. Uh, Honestly, if you look at the Cardona family, they don't have a very good uh, win-loss record. They actually lose quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. But just to go with the narrative, I kind of thought that this would be more of a 
more of a Brian Myers victory. But the match was good. Surprise ending. I didn't have any real issues with it. And then, you know, anybody who can use an O'Connor roll. Uh, Dave Scooby says, love that the NWA is actually building up newer talent. New faces are always nice to see. I 100% agree with that. And it's, it, it, I kind of said this on the pre-party that like, wow, you know, you look at this tournament, we saw Thrillbilly advance, you know, and I would have assumed that, uh, I think he faced Luke Hawks. I, I would have assumed Luke Hawks would have been advancing in the tournament. Uh, you know, Chris Adonis will uh, beat Caprice Coleman. I kind of thought, uh, you know, Adonis makes sense because he's a former champion, um, you know, and then uh, Mayweather, uh, who did Mayweather lose to? Um, oh, I think he lost to Judeus. Uh, anyways, it's not, it doesn't matter specifically. It's just that, uh, some of the faces that I thought we were going to see in this tournament got eliminated, like Jack Stane. Wow. I, I wasn't expecting him to be eliminated quickly in the tournament. He's, he's a former champion. He's the, he was the last champion before Sion. Uh, he should have a rematch at some point anyway, regardless. Uh, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I, I, I really feel like they are doing a good job of putting some fresh faces in the tournament and seeing them advance. Um, but we'll get to more of those matches in a minute. Maybe uh, if Draper wins, you could actually call his name right and call him Dak with a K instead of an X. Is that what I'm doing? Dax? Dak? Dax. Dax. Yeah, Dak Draper, isn't Dak. it? You're right. It is Dak. Dak. It's a stupid name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. anyway. Because, you know, the NWA does like to put their own weird twist on things. That's I mean, Mike Rotunda. Mike Rotunda. Uh, Bully Ray uh, is ringside with Joe Galley. Uh, this is a departure. Normally we see either May or uh, or um, uh, uh, what's his name? Kyle Durden. Kyle Davis. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, we saw Kyle Davis w- or uh, May with uh, the guests. It's not usually Joe Galley doing the interview, but he sits down with uh, Bully Ray, and essentially it comes down to Bully thought he had someone lined up to be his partner, but at the last minute the person said no. So we're expecting Bully Ray to continue on without a tag team partner. Now, the show did a terrible job of keeping the surprise because they said later tonight, Bully Ray with TBD to take on uh, you know uh, VSK and Mike Knox. They should have just said handicap match and left it at that because that's what they were building it as, and it was a, so, supposed to be a surprise later. Um, then we go from bad to worse. We get May in the back with uh, Mike Knox and Matt Cardona. Uh, no VSK, surprisingly. And Mark Card- Cardona says he won't get involved, which is funny. Like this whole this whole feud, it started off with Knox representing the Cardona family getting involved with. Uh, with Bully Ray, and then a war of words exploded on Twitter, and now on December, I think nineteenth, there's going to be a death match where Bubba Bully Ray is bringing Devon to be his second in the corner. Is going to be taking on Matt Cardona in a death match, and it's kind of funny how that feud uh, kind of stemmed out of what they were ha- what was happening in the NWA, and now it, it, it's kind of returning back to the NWA somewhat because you have Bully and Matt Cardona at a war with each other, but they haven't really put hands on each other yet in the NWA. 
Uh, but, he, you know, uh, Bully is feuding with the Cardona family. So um, May ask Knox if there's animosity because he lost to Bully, which he flips the script and says, you know, I don't think it's a loss when I beat the crap out of Bully Ray. And I'm kind of uh, uh, paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. Thank you. My brain. I'm kind of like DKM right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not on all cylinders. And uh, and uh, he kind of flips out, which is fun to see May's reaction because sometimes she no sells things, but in certain situations, she looks like genuinely terrified. In this instance, she looked genuinely terrified of Mike Knox. So I thought that was a interesting uh, interview. DK, what did you get from this one? Nothing. <laughs> I hated every moment of it. Mike Knox. Mike Knox, oh, I didn't really lose. I refuse to acknowledge I lose. I don't think I lost. I mean, it's a good heel promo, but no, I didn't like that. I, I, I honestly don't care about the Cardona family. Yeah. I mean, just I, I just don't. And so help me, if they put the title back on Matt, I don't think they're going to, I honestly don't. But if they do put the title back on him that I may be done. I'm I'm telling you, they should put the TV title on them, let them build themselves. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I can handle that. At least, at least if they did that, it would feel like less like special treatment. And I kind of feel like, you know, Billy hasn't come out and said, hey, you know, this is Matt Cardona's world. We're just living in it. But he's basically just bending his will to whatever Cardona wants which is so funny because he's he punished Nick Aldis for trying to do the same thing. It's like, do you not see the hypocrisy there? Well, it looked at one time like they were going towards a heel Billy who was going to team up with Cardona, which I never understand why the person in charge of the promotion is a heel. I mean, it worked with Vince McMahon because of what happened with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. But in general, it's a stupid thing. I mean, one uh, one of the worst things, and what to me started the end of the NWO and WCW was when Eric Bischoff was shown to be uh, a guy behind it. Eric Bischoff was already in charge of WCW. Why did he need to go find out? Go find another group to take over. It's stupid. I, I just recently watched Jim Cornette ripping the NWO in 1997 and talking about Eric Bischoff and, and literally spoiling it, saying, you know, if you ever watch the credits, his name right there. <laughs> Eric Bischoff, he's the director. <laughs> of course, he's in charge. It's just funny stuff. Sorry. They had gotten to the point where they acknowledged that he was in charge. Yeah. That he was the guy, you know, that he had gone to see Roddy Piper and everything like that, and that he was doing – you know, what he could, but was limited by contracts or whatever. I mean, they had already acknowledged that he was the guy that was in charge. And now all of a sudden he's behind this group that's trying to take over. You don't need to take over. You are in charge. And so I'm kind of hoping that maybe that got dropped here in that because Billy's given Cardona everything he wants, and they've lost every time. So, yeah, you know, give Cardona his title match, let him lose, and 
either retreat them into a mid card position in the in the company on the roster, or you know, I can't miss you if you don't go away. Late breaking news. This just handed to me. Dave Scooby says that pretty Peter Avalon. You guys might know him from AEW. A lot of us know him from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He makes his NWA USA debut as part of a six-man scramble. Thoughts on Peter Avalon showing up back in the NWA. Jane, I'm going to ask you first. Pretty Peter back in the NWA. Thoughts? Um, No, thank you. <laughs> I like Peter. Yeah, I heard about that. You and, you and Gags both like Peter, apparently. But, but honestly, what is it, it, he looks like a mutant? He's got the he's it just no. There's nothing at all marketable about Peter. Pretty Peter. Peter. Yeah, I can't even say his damn name. There's yeah, nothing at all in there. You didn't. Yes. Get in there. There's he's not in any way, shape, or form anything the NWA needs. I mean, why don't they just bring in James Ellsworth? They're going to bring in an ugly, useless individual. Well, I mean, he could certainly fit in the junior heavyweight division. What, Peter Avalon? Yeah. He could fit in a garbage can where he belongs. Oh, come on now. He All right. Come on. Lightweight division. DKM, what, what are your thoughts on uh, the producer, the biggest man in the NWA? That was his catchphrase about 15 years ago. What, what are your thoughts on Peter Avalon joining the National Wrestling Alliance? Uh... Well, if he doesn't do his librarian gimmick, I won't completely hate him. I don't. I don't know. I can't say that it excites me in any way, shape, or form. But I can't say that I totally hate the idea. I mean. It's not Marco's stunt, so I guess that's an improvement. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was what the longest reigning heritage champion ever and the second lightest heritage champion ever what's what's interesting to me about this is uh <clears throat> a lot of the talent that is helping to produce this show right now the nwa came from championship wrestling from hollywood the director that the nwa is using was literally directed and groomed and trained by dave marquez uh, some of the talent, you know, we saw we used to see, uh, you know, Captain Yuma on the show, and, and again, one of Dave Marquez's guys, and now you see Peter Avalon there. There's actually one of the cameramen too, and I, I, I don't know his name. Well, his name is Shane. I don't know his last name. Uh, I've talked to him a couple of times. He's now being flown out to be part of the production for the NWA. So I just find it kind of interesting that you know Billy didn't want to work with Dave Marquez. Dave Marquez was a uh, rinky-dink organization, but they keep using talent from that group to keep putting on that show. So I think that's just kind of interesting as a side note. Uh, James H. Jackson wants to point out that he also made his New Japan uh, Strong debut this last Saturday. So he's uh, he's infesting all of your pro wrestling uh, favorite niches. Jaden, get used to it. He's coming to Jersey. 
Well, you know what? Dave Dahl needs somebody to wrestle that's on the same level. So maybe they should put him against Dave Dahl and, and Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. For what it's worth, uh, the, the opinions and views expressed by Jaden are not necessarily those of the Alliance. Uh, I I'm, I disagree. I, I like Peter Avalon. I think he's a good fit. I don't think he's going to come in and revolutionize anything, but it gives them another name with some history in the pro wrestling history in the NWA. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I definitely don't dislike him as much as uh, Jaden does. Um, all right, let's jump back into uh, power. And of course, uh, next up on power, we get a another national title tournament semifinal match in that we get uh, Magic Jake Dumas with the beautiful CJ uh, taking on uh, Chris Adonis, former two-time national champion. Now, this one, I kind of thought like we would get an upset because earlier in the night, we saw what I considered an upset when Dak Draper defeated uh, defeated um, uh, where did I forget my notes all of a sudden? Defeated uh, Brian Meyer. So I, I kind of thought we were going to see an, another upset in the night. Uh, but this one wasn't the case. However, it wasn't a squash either. Uh, although it wasn't um, it wasn't all Jake Dumas. He did get quite a bit of offense in there. Even going so far as to try to put Adonis in a master lock challenge of his own, which was a very bad idea. Uh, DK, I thought this match was good. It, it showcased uh, it showcased our buddy M- Magic Jake Dumas. Even though he lost, he still had an opportunity to kind of look good in the ring against a, a seasoned veteran. What did you think about this one? What do you think about Adonis advancing? Uh, I liked Adonis advancing. Um, I found it interesting that. All right, here's my deal. I like the idea if Sion wins and beats the last three champions, or four if you count Donis twice. And so he's beaten Dane. He's for the title. He beat Mayweather in title defense. If you beat Donis in another title defense, I just think that helps establish him as a more solid champion. And he's obviously taking the title seriously outside the NWA. So, you know, I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's my basic, that's my basic thought. I thought the match was good. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't want dumbass to win. <laughs> and he didn't. So that was good. And I don't know. You know, it's. Did it make everything that I ever wanted? No. But, you know, I thought it was. It, it had its. Good, you know, good points. Don't re- again, not really. Uh... Okay, my mind died again. Hello. Well, it. Well, one thing I did want to point out in this match is that uh, Joe okay. Galley. I remember. I remember. I remember. Okay, go ahead. It. I thought Dumas looked good in the loss. That's where I was looking for. 
uh, you know, he probably looked better in this loss than he actually has in some of his victories. Yes. And so if you can do that, you're on a good, uh, you know, a good. Uh, rewind again. Rewind that, rewind that clock there, PK. Good place. There's gear to go in. Good place. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm, ready, I'm ready to quit now. I think we can end this. Uh, we got a little bit more, but we will end it quickly. Uh, I did think it was a funny point at uh, when uh, during the uh, match, Joe Galley referred to Adonis as a real cerebral, or wrestled very cerebrally or something like that. And I thought to myself, that might be the first time anyone's ever accused Adonis of being cerebral. Cerebral? Cerebral. Cerebral. We're all having issues right now. Jaden is the only one that's uh, lucid, and, and the rest of us are just struggling. Um, that is a big that, miracle. Usually I come in here drunk. <laughs> I know. I'm like, drunk tonight. I'm like, the world is going very backwards all of a sudden. <laughs> We're in bizarro world. <laughs> Next up, we get uh, May, Agent May in the back with Marche, Rocket, Jordan, Clearwater, Black Cheese, the church's money, if you will. And uh, May makes it sound like... Um, Makes it sound like that Clearwater and Marche, the Gold Rush, are going after the tag team titles, which is all good and fine. The U.S. tag titles, which is all good and fine, but coming up next, Marche is wrestling a triple threat match. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, also, may ask Jeez about the uh, TV title and what Tyrus did, and and Jeez said that was a bad decision. Why not just go after both belts? But uh, you know he respects Tyrus for going after the ten pounds of gold. Um, again, I don't, we, we talked, the other Alliance guys talked about this yesterday that maybe they were filming some out of things and uh, out of sequence. And that could be the only explanation I get here because it just doesn't make sense to me that you're putting a guy. We haven't seen Marche on TV in a while in, in the ring. You put him in the ring in a triple threat match all the while you're building for a tag team title match next week on USA and to make matters worse. During this episode, they announced that the the the, the uh, Wrecking Ball Ligurski and and Jay Bradley are going to defend the tag titles against the uh, um what are they called? Gold Rush, Golden Rush, or something? Gold no, no, no. Uh, they said that they're oh, going to spectacular. They're going to yeah, at the, yeah the the spectaculars. So it's like. You didn't even let that match happen before you're building to the next match. And I get it, it's card subject to change, but it's just like, guys, if you kept the continuity clearer, people would enjoy it better. You're already spoiling things before they have a chance to enjoy them. And I just think that's a, a bad deal. Uh, Dave Scooby says, uh, tag team wrestlers, wrestle, tag team wrestlers wrestle in tag team matches. It's in the name. I get it too, Scooby. I don't get it. I don't get why uh, they keep doing stuff like this. My pal Jason Newsom says, where's Royce Isaac? You can catch Royce Isaac on uh, New Japan Strong as part of Team Filthy. Um, I think they're on uh, Fight TV. You, I think you can buy a subscription. Or if you have New Japan World, you can, it's part of the subscription there. Uh, but I don't think Royce is coming back anytime soon. Don't hold your breath for that. Um, so, so that was the promo. DK, did you want to add anything to that? No. Yeah, I I was very lost and very confused. I wasn't alone. Because Um, they they made it sound like it was already known 
that Tyrus had given up the title. And that wasn't officially, that announcement hadn't been made official by anyone in the executive branch of the NWA. You know, Joe Galley didn't make that announcement. Tyrus didn't make that announcement. Uh, we didn't hear Austin Idol say it. We didn't hear Billy say it. It was May in the back, which, you know, she had the late-breaking scoops, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was bizarre. I mean, I can't, it was bizarre. We'll just leave it there. How bizarre? How bizarre? How bizarre. <laughs> um, so next up, we get the triple threat match uh, with the aforementioned Rocket and um, Acacio, I guess that's the name, and Jackson. And this match was just, I don't know, again, it was a showcase, uh, a showcase of how good Marche Rocket is. Now, this kid Ocasio looked pretty good, and, and it's kind of interesting, just a few weeks ago, or maybe it was even last week, uh, Eric Jackson had a really good t- uh, junior title match against Homicide and where he looked really, really strong. And then they put him back in the match with a guy who's a heavyweight and a guy who's, you know, probably closer to the heavyweight than junior heavyweight. I just don't understand wh- how they're using talents. It's not like there isn't enough guys on the roster. If you're going to, if I'm doing this, I'm going to put Clearwater and Rocket versus Okeso and Jackson just to give them a, a quick squash before you give them a title match. Because those guys haven't done anything as a tag team since the Crockett Cup. Um, again, just just a pointless match. Ocasio got some good offense in. Uh, Jackson looked like a whipping boy. Uh, Marche gets the victory. DKM, your thoughts? Didn't care much. Yeah, but that sums it up. Um, we'll skip to the next segment. We get May in the back again. This time she's with the Mortons. Is it just me or she overexposed between this and USA this week? No, she definitely is. Uh, they're oh. going to her too much. Kyle, we didn't even see Kyle once except for, uh, you know, the segment uh, talking about an international champion touring or something like that. Kyle Davis um, has been too busy. He's been drinking monster beverage and punching hole in the walls like a typical Kyle. <laughs> I was about to ask because that's from personal experience, but then I realized where you're going. Um, so then we get – May again back with Ricky and Carrie, and they're talking about the fixers and how they want to fix that relationship. And come on, man, we don't need this kind of drama, right? This is silly. But uh, Ricky says, I've, I've been in the business for 66 plus years, and you know, you don't trust nobody. Uh, happy birthday, Ricky Morton. I think he's like 66 now. Um, and then uh, Carrie says he thinks that they're scared of him and that they're afraid that the Morton, the Morton boys. Why is anyone calling Ricky Morton a boy? Uh, uh, could run it back on him. Um, this was just a stupid segment, honestly. It did nothing. This was a waste of time. Uh, DKM, you agree? Very. Damn, Mosquito. Uh, I thought we- he was doing the one-person clap, you know, the slow clap into something. <laughs> I, I can't watch. I can't watch Ricky Morton anymore. I just question though. How many people in the NWA are over fifty? Do you give this so much hate to everybody else that's that old? Uh, no. Do you believe Tim Storm shouldn't be in there anymore because he's an old man? I, honestly, I do believe Tim Storm should not be in there anymore. I think I think he's run his course. The last few times he's been in the ring, and God knows I love Tim Storm, but his age has caught up to him. I don't think he should be in there anymore. 
And so, you know. I wanted Tim Storm to transition to a manager like uh, Harley Race did and manage somebody like uh, Vader. You know, I, I guess there isn't a whole lot of Vaders just waiting to be managed by somebody. But I, I think you're I, I think it's time for him to be a regular pro wrestler is done. Uh, if you want to have special attraction matches, I'm OK with that. But I mean, yeah, you're that's a fair point, Jaden, that you bring up because Tim Storm and I'm going to look up how old he is right now. And Tim Storm is of uh, from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Uh, so, he, oh, it doesn't have his age. He's somewhere between 57 and 58. Okay. So he's about eight years younger than Ricky Morton. And now, and I will say this, eight years ago when Ricky Morton was wrestling for the junior heavyweight title, um, I wasn't a big fan of that either. So I, I kind of get what you're saying, and that's fair. But also, six, 66 is not 58, you know? That's I mean, a lot older. Rick yeah, Flair, neither of them are 40. Right. Rick Flair was 73, and we're all worried he's going to die in the ring. You know, Ricky Morton's not 10 years uh, younger, and people don't seem to have a problem with him being in the ring. It's just outside of some of us. But, you know, you know there's a time to hang it up. Uh, you know, really? people, people talk about Jerry Lawler too, but if you notice, Jerry Lawler doesn't really do much anymore. You know, he also Hulk, doesn't age. He looks exactly the same. Well, he has a good uh, hairstylist. The honky tonk man, same thing. Been wrestling for like last twenty five years, hasn't taken a bump once. Uh, our new friend Carlton says it may sound crazy, but give Ricky a TV title run, a shot one, but nevertheless give him one. Uh, no, I'm okay. No. I pass. No. Absolutely. Carlton, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, but no. Uh, Carlton also says Royce Isaacs is a beast. Him and Latimer was a good tag team. I agree. I thought they were a great tag team. I liked the tag team, but uh, apparently, uh, apparently, you know, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people took the opportunity to explore new new opportunities. So Royce is very much a part of the New Japan Strong. And if you've been paying attention to New Japan Strong, a lot of the talents that are working there are now working in new Japan pro wrestling. So it's kind of a, uh, it's a fast pass to get to new Japan get to actually wrestle in Japan. And I think that's where Royce would rather be than the NWA. A lot of them too started in the NWA and worked their way to the new Japan strong to the, and then to new Japan. So, you know, sometimes you want to step, you want to step forward, not backward. Yes. Um, real quick. Uh, Dave Scooby says, Tim still has the championship series ticket that velvet gave to him. And, and I hope that comes into play at some point, hopefully sooner than later, because, again, uh, I, I kind of agree with DKM. I love Tim Storm, uh, what he did for the NWA and carried the brand when it meant so little and still kept a lot of dignity and, uh, and respect with that championship. Um, unfortunately, we just haven't seen that. We, we haven't seen that Tim in a while. Uh, then James H. Jackson wants to remind us on this day in history in 1980 at the WWF event at Madison Square Garden, New York City World Heavyweight Champion Bob Backlund defeated NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race via DQ after a 30-minute match. However, due to the disqualification rule, the titles remain with their respective champions. So that's a nice bit of history right there from our pal James. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll ever see another interpromotional title match like that. I mean, we kind of got it with AEW and Impact, but... Um, I don't think you'll ever see WWE and AEW working together. 
Um, all right. I'm going to read one more comment, then we'll get to the main event. Carlton says, okay, you guys are right, but Ricky can still go a little bit. Carlton, I appreciate you being a fan of Ricky Morton. I know there's a lot of you out there who do appreciate Ricky Morton. I'm just not one of those guys, and, and I'm always very honest with my opinion. I was shocked and excited when they won the tag titles. Him and uh, uh, Ricky Morton and Ro- uh, Robert Gibson won the titles early on in the first season of Power. But that feeling soon faded away when I just realized that they shouldn't be in that ring anymore. And uh, I really – every time I watch Ricky Morton in the ring, I, I'm just compelled to turn it off. And that's just uh, being honest. Yeah, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree because with uh, Carlson – because I saw the homicide match. Yep. And Ricky could not go in that one. Nope. And it was homicide has a lot of good matches, but that one wasn't one. And I'm not going to blame homicide when all his others have been good. Yeah. So, you know, again, if you like him, fine. But let's get into a little bit of reality here. He should not be in the ring anymore. He cannot go anymore. And then the, the last comment I'm reading tonight, Jason Newsom says, her giving the ticket to Tim should be causing a rift between Velvet and Angelina. She could have given the ticket to her BFF, but she didn't. Yeah, I mean, that. I think there's certainly something that they could have done with that. They just didn't. And again, if they're going to put Velvet in a managerial role, which would have been great to take her out of the booth, could have been a lot of, a lot of different ways that could have been presented. But uh, so far, they haven't done anything with that. I will give the NWA this. The announcing has not been nearly as obnoxious this season. I really feel like, you know, and I just said it, but I really feel like Velvet has improved this season. I feel like her on the mic has been a lot better. And I noticed it at the 74th. Um, she she was less likely to get her shit in and say things that were well thought out and intelligent. And it wasn't just like a gimmick. So I, I, I was happier to see that Velvet. All right, the main event is a what appears to be a handicap match with Bully Ray taking on VSK and Trevor Murdoch. Excuse me, not Trevor Murdoch, Mike Knox. I kept thinking Trevor Murdoch was going to be the tag team partner, honestly. It would have made sense storyline-wise. Uh, the match itself was, look, it's Mike Knox and it's Bully Ray. Uh, I like Bully Ray being on the roster. I like him being in the mid-card. I don't need to see him main event any matches going forward. Uh, it was a two-on-one match. He held his own for a while. And then Tom Latimer decides to come out at the last minute and, and be the tag team partner, and uh, they get the victory. It was great to see Latimer get a pop reaction when he ran out. Um, but if I'm Bully Ray, I'm kind of pissed that he refused to come out when the match started and show up just for the end. Uh, DK, what did you think about this match? Uh, honestly, Bully Ray is another one who I could stand not being in the ring ever again. Uh, he's not fluid. He's not smooth. He never was overly fluid and smooth. But as he gets older, it's just getting more obvious. And Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I was half expecting EC3 to come out and cost Latimer the match, so... I guess I'm glad that didn't happen, but on the other hand, it made no sense to the current Latimer storyline. So, yeah, that's true. So that's that was Power, guys, and uh, that that's pretty much our show for tonight. We we recapped Power. We talked about the television title, what could happen next. 
He talked about the big feud between Taya Valkyrie and Camille. And we also talked about the new up-and-comer, Dak Draper. Uh, I know there's an event coming up in New Jersey, I believe in rustic Glassboro, New Jersey. Jane, why don't you tell us a little bit about this match that's coming up, this event that's coming up real soon? Well, there's actually three events I'd like to promote. One of them is the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators event coming up not this coming, but next Saturday night. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Next Friday evening, September 30th, it's going to be at the South Delsey Park and as part of the big Glassboro celebration for Pause for the Cause. The Glassboro Police Department and Canine Unit work together and they help great uh, create interest and money and other things for different causes this particular one is for autism awareness and it's something that i think is going to be as a really important cause something that really needs to be out there people need to understand what these people go through and it's such a, a big something important one of our biggest fans has down syndrome and i know it's not the same as autism but it is definitely, I believe that wrestling fans and wrestling is for anybody as a fan to come and enjoy. And I'm a big, huge fan of anybody who comes to a dog event, even if they do come to see Daredevil Dave Dog, which actually doesn't usually happen. It's usually see them get a beat. But So I'm a big fan of this. I think it's a great cause, something we're going to be great that's going to be... Um, I just I'm hoping a lot of people come out. It's also going to have a lot of other things like it. there's going to be a helicopter that's going to be coming from the New Jersey State Police. There's going to be a bouncy house. There's going to be pumpkins that you could paint. I guarantee somehow that Patch is going to end up in that bouncy house. I almost I guarantee it. So just seeing Patch in a bouncy house might be worth the uh, time to come see it alone. But you'll see a lot of great wrestling action from dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators, including the world wrestling grand prix champion. Uh, Chris Steeler is going to be there to get the WWGP champion for this type of event shows how important it is to Dr. Zirconium to represent something and put out something special for it. Also the dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators championship will be on the line as the current champion Glassboro's own busky Eric Martin. I love that, mix, by the way. I don't know what a husky is, but I love it. I have a feeling it means a mixture of built and husky. But he's kind of, he's built, but he's not really husky. But I don't really know. I'm husky. You're like Husky Harris, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But anyway, he's going to be defending not only the championship, but Glassboro's honor against Pittman's own Daredevil Dave Dahl. There's a big rivalry between Glassboro and Pittman. I don't know why, because Pittman gets her butt kicked all the time when Glassboro always has. But being two towns right next to each other, there's a little bit of town uh, pride going on. And I want to see so badly the champion, Eric Martin, and Daredevil Dave Dahl's winning streak, because I don't know how he keeps winning. Nobody knows how he keeps winning, but he's been on the streak and his ego has gotten as big as his butt, which is pretty damn huge. <laughs> Yeah, so biggest maze butt. Yes. Okay. He's got bigger boobs than May, and his are natural. That is true, and a little bit on the scary side. <laughs> Either way, though, I'd like to see. Honestly, I hope, 
I don't see. I'm. 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 I don't have to be uh, impartial because I'm just a regular employee. I'm not the owner. I don't have anything to do with matchmaking or anything like that. But I just hope Eric Martin just shuts Dave Dahl up because I, I don't know. He just annoys me. He so much annoys me. But anyway, you also see the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Tag Team Championship will be on the line as the Old School Empire will be in action. You'll see Alpha Dog Adam Chandler, who is looking to get himself ready for his career versus leaving dog match that's coming up on the 22nd. I'll talk about in a minute, but um, he's looking to get himself in shape to be ready for that match. It's going to be great card from top to bottom. It's free. You can't beat that. You know, you should be paying to see this when you're getting it for free. So make sure if you are in driving distance, come out for the pause for the cause on Friday, September 30th. It goes between 4 and 9 p.m. I know Dog is going to be going on between 4 and 8, I believe. So come check it out and help a good cause and check out some great wrestling action. There also will be a sister promotion to Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, a member of the World Wrestling Grand Prix, and that is called Frontier Wrestling Destiny. Uh, they are making their debut on Saturday night, October the 8th, in um, Gloucester City, New Jersey. That is going to be a great wrestling action. The winner of, if assuming that um, Chris Steeler is going to retain the WWGP Championship or wherever ends up winning that match, will be defending it that night at, at that event. There will be Patch will be in singles action. Vinny the Fixer will be taking on main event Mike Michael Mars. That's going to be great. There's going to be the Pat Shamrock, who is the Irish superstar in an and heavily, heavily Irish populated town. There's, I'd say, I think it's eighty-seven percent of the people living in the town are from Ireland or or of Ireland Irish descent. So that is even that's he's going to be very popular. Let's just say, um, and he'll be wrestling on the card. There's going to be great wrestling action from top to bottom. Some tickets are only $20, and you can get them at the building, which is – hold on. I don't remember the name of the building. But you can get the name – you can get them at the building, and you can also get them the day of the event, but you can get them early. I keep hating that I keep hitting the wrong button, so I can't find what I'm looking for. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yes. I'm a professional YouTuber, obviously. I'm, I'm well prepared. So the building is the Pine Grove Civic Association. I've been saying that all the time, and yet I could not remember that. I'm getting the absent-minded from you guys. It's, her, it's um, contagious. It's hereditary. Yeah, it's hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> Check but, it out, uh, it's, Yeah. You're going to have a, it's going to be great and you're going to see some wrestling action. It's a lot cheaper than going over to Bridge to Philly to see something you're probably not going to enjoy. So come on and over and come check out the Frontier Wrestling Destiny and their uh, debut event. And finally, they're on Saturday night, October 22nd at the Max Fit Sports Center, located at 240 Delcy Drive South in beautiful Uptown Glassboro, New Jersey. Hopefully, I'll never forget that one. You're going to see Dog make its return for Wrath of the Champions. The winner of the Daredevil, Dave Dahl versus Eric Martin match, <laughs> will be defending the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Heavyweight Championship against Nikos Rikos. 
you're going to see the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Tag Team Championship on the line, whether it's the Old School Empire or whoever they may be facing. We don't know. But the but whoever the champions are will be defending then. You're going to see a career versus leaving dog match as Ty Thomas takes on his former best friend, Alpha Dog Adam Chandler. If Alpha Dog wins, Ty Thomas leaves dog. If Ty Thomas wins... Alpha Dog leaves professional wrestling altogether, just completely retires. So that's going to be something I cannot wait to see. Again, the World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship will be on the line. That's something that's always entertaining. I hope whoever wins, Chris Steeler and whoever he takes on, I know they have to be ready because there's always a top challenger set for the WWGP Championship. And all these great wrestlers are going to be on the card. Plus, we can't forget Daredevil Dave Dahl, even though I'd like to forget him. So come check us out Saturday night, October 22nd, at the, again at the Max Fit Sports Center in Glassboro, New Jersey. Make sure you check out Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube page has been putting on matches. I know there's four more that are uploaded, then they just have to have some slight editing, and they'll be put on soon. So you'll get to see soon four more matches from the last dog event. And there's a very good chance we may live stream the... Uh, uh, depending on how the honestly the connection works, there's a very good chance we're going to live stream the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators at the at the uh, pause for the cause, so you can check it out live. And either way, it'll be recorded. So if we can't live stream it, it's going to be recorded. You can see the matches that are going to be on that YouTube page, and also make sure you check out lines-wrestling.com, your number one source for all the information in the NWA for the championship wrestling from Hollywood, and the, probably the number two source behind DogProWrestling.com for all the information. Um, dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators. I just have to get our guy to send us stuff so we can update it. Yeah, of course. Uh, and and uh, with that being said, real quick, you guys should should go check out uh, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators on YouTube. Uh, Jade mentioned the page; they're not at a thousand subscribers yet, and that to me is baffling because they're putting out such great wrestling content. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, consider it a favor for the Alliance guys. Go subscribe. Go watch some of those videos. Enjoy yourself. It's great pro wrestling the way it's meant to be. And uh, all from the ease of just sitting on your couch, on your phone, or on your big screen, or whatever you have access to, check out some of the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Check out Dog Pro Wrestling. And uh, boo Dave Dahl. DK? What? (laughs) Where, where Where can folks go to follow you on all the socials? At DKM FWTX, if you actually want to see what I post about wrestling, when I post, it's uh, Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out his royalty page, because right now with all the stuff going on in England, uh, DK has some great insight on what's going on in the royal family. So make sure to check out his page. What, what was that uh, URL again? Uh, unofficialroyalty.com. On the day of the funeral, which was Monday, we had over sixty-two thousand hits on our pages. Wow! So, yeah, maybe we need that, maybe we need that place to start hyping dog and uh, <laughs> and the lines wrestling dot com. It is one of the top royalty sites uh, out on the web in the world. Well, hey, uh, again, guys, thank you so much for being a part of our Thursday nights. This is always so much fun chatting with my friends, chatting with you guys. Uh, talking some NWA. We'll be here next Tuesday for the pre-party. That's me. And then Wednesday, you have the other Alliance guys. That's Tim. 
That's uh, Jeremy, and that's Scooby. And, of course, well, make uh, sure Tim shows up for work this week. Well, you know, he wanted to take a little vacay. You got to let the guy have a little vacay. He just got I, married. I don't. And then, uh, and then, of course, the Alliance guys, the original, the de facto source of news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance right here, the Alliance guys, Jaden D. Cam. Thank you, guys. And uh, everyone else, we'll see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.